G'day guys, g'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Guitar Wing Podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. Thank you so much for joining us for another Guitar Wank, another informative, relaxing setting of guitar and worldly advice from Mr. Bruce Foreman and Scotty Henderson. This is number 68. And I, um, I actually just posted it and I forgot to do this little intro. So I've had to come back and quickly do this and repost it. So uh, all good. All good in the hood. I hope everyone is good out there. Um, thank you so much again. I say it every week, but I gotta, we've got to show our appreciation to all the supporters out there, all the donators. Thank you so much. We, it's, it means a lot, as I keep saying it, and um, I will keep saying it. We'd... Uh, like to say thank you to our sponsors sir guitar and amps wireworld pro audio guitar cables fishman dunlop dear dario my music masterclass riftmasterpro.com um i'm sure there's more i think that's it oh aea ribbon microphones and sennheiser microphones how do i forget those guys anyway we uh we've got another fun enjoyable sit down with scotty and bruce and uh we're gonna get into that for a second i don't really have anything else to say so that's good we can just get straight into it all right mr bruce foreman mr scotty henderson what do we have in store for the listeners this week One, two. Well, Trump. Is it too oh, tedious? Yeah. He promised that. That was one of the promises right, he made. Make America make tubes again. A wall and some tubes. Yeah. You can't tie your tubes, but you can make tubes. <laughs> yeah, they they yeah. want to. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. But you I, see, my little my little ratchets are smaller than everybody else's. I I just boost. Well, oh, you now, weren't talking they're, much now there. Now the same. Okay, thank and you. And now I'm too hot now. I, I mean, I, but I don't even know that uh, the, the the size of the rat turd. 
has anything to do with the size of the rat. Are we using any of this that you're recording right now? Oh, I use pretty much everything now. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, know, this is this is guitar wank now. Yeah, okay. you know the days of me you going through you an don't editing shit. Us anymore. Or I try and cut out the snoring and the breathing uh -huh. and you know that kind of coughing and stuff. That's like that. me. I'm a, I'm a folks. I'm a mouth breather and a recovering asthmatic. I mean, well, other, other you don't officially ahead. start the show anymore, so I never know when we're on. And oh, when okay. Let me Let's officially finish. start the show. Yeah, because yeah, I never know. Start the show. When, All right. When I can use terrible words and when I can't. So. Well, you only start use... the show so I can say right. fuck. Yeah. You you only use them during the show, right? <laughs> otherwise right, you're praying. Otherwise you're praying. Welcome, gentlemen. <laughs> How um, I've I've been really missing catching up with you guys, and it feels longer than what it has been for some reason maybe, maybe you know it's just you know we get older and we forget shit you know <laughs> so what's going on with me great yeah, well but... it's good to have you guys back this is this will be 68 episodes Woo! 68 wow. episodes you know what next week is you know what? you know i, I went 69 you know what i told my you know what i said what I told my wife i said let's do 68 and she said, what's 68? I said, oh, you do me and I'll owe you one. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> That's a great way to start the show, Chris. Okay, Scott, thank you. Have you got one to follow that up? Mm -mm, I can't. Th I haven't heard any jokes in a while. Really? Mm -mm. you got to work on that. i gotta, you I got gotta to get some for the roads. The road's coming soon. Well, you can you take that one with you. Yeah, I can take that one. You, can, okay. you can prep. Um, Scott, how are you, man? You good? I'm good. I'm just working. I'm You're in writing mode, right? And, well, I wrote four tunes and now I'm learning them and shedding them and getting ready to wrote all the charts, send them off to the guys. Right. And uh, that was, what a hassle, man. Why do you do it? <laughs> well, just I, for some reason, I, I, I remember Digital Performer doing a better job of writing charts than it does, but... Because, you know, first of all, every single note has to be quantized or the thing doesn't print it right. And then it really sucks if you're writing in swing time because you're quantizing everything to triplets. And then, but you don't want that on the paper. No, you want eight. So you have to quantize, you have to, you know, make a separate track for the chart and quantize that to eighth notes. And then there's always all kinds of problems quantizing it out of triplets into eighth notes and there's always notes that are too long and notes that are too short blah 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 so you have to basically go through it measure by measure and thick shit just almost like if you were right i could almost probably write it, write it by yourself hand. would be better yeah but whatever i just did it i got it all done and it's finished so there you go um well, i think my pill just kicked in <laughs> so, <laughs> that, was, that was my mood so, lighting oh, okay cool <laughs> So I got um, lots of touring coming up in May and June and July. Oh, sweet. So, Where? Yeah. Where can people in, catch in you? In Europe. Oh, well, that's yeah, a, yeah. Well, all our European listeners. Yeah. May and June in Europe and then home for like two weeks and then back to Europe in July. Oh, whereabouts in Europe? Can you, can you well, send me? Well, I mean, I, I just, all I can remember is Italy and, and Russia and Austria and Poland and England and Scotland right and 
Uh, What's that? Is it safe to go to Russia right now? If it wasn't, I would go anyway. <laughs> I don't, you should get I don't think about that no, kind of shit. Musicians are the first one they send in. Even before they send in the, like the, the Marines, they send musicians yeah, in. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Safety, that's not a matter. Well, are they going to pay? Was, that's what I'm concerned about. I'm not worried about. about you going to Russia. I'm worried about you coming home. No, no, I'm just worried about getting paid. As long as they pay me, I'll go anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll try and get those dates from you. I will get them. So I can post yeah. them up for the, for I, the listeners. I, I'm a, almost ready to post them on my website. Okay. Yeah. We have a lot of, we've been getting a, a lot of emails from listeners all over the world. Just compliments and a lot of compliments. I'm, it must be a turning. You, maybe we're doing something right. Well, no, there's still be. a lot of stupid people in the world. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't be doing anything right. <laughs> we're getting... <laughs> We've been getting a lot of great donations. Yeah, I know. Thank you, all the people that are donating money. Uh, do you have any rich relatives? <laughs> I'm going to send you for that money that you. Uh, I'm going to send you my incredible holy spring water. What? And yeah, yeah. What I'm you, yeah. I've got to the you, biggest donation this yeah, year. I'm going to send you my holy spring water. Basically, what I do is just you know get it out of the sink and just, I do the same thing Peter I Popoff said, does. I thought you were going to say it's called urine. No, it's Peter, you know, Peter Popoff. Haven't you seen him on TV? He sends people a, a holy packet of water oh, and yeah. they either drink it or pour it on themselves and hallelujah, the next day they get a check for like 20 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand. You're going to get something. So I figure I'm going to send people yeah, you're gonna my get spring syphilis. water and yeah. They well, get what? Syphilis? Yeah. <laughs> Can you get that's that from water? Or is that know. just a toilet seat? I don't know. Mozart, Can you get it from a toilet seat? Mozart yeah. died from syphilis, or so they say. Well, that, that's a name? Mozart, yeah. <laughs> he's a composer. You know, you might have heard of him. Yeah, but what has he done lately? He's, he's, he, he's yeah. decomposing now. Yeah. The, the, the rumor is, is that he had syphilis and he, he died because he was like overdosing on mercury to try to heal it. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like he should have tried. Probably lead. shouldn't drink too much mercury. <laughs> no. Probably, but uh, if you go to that route, we should, which I've been pushing for, that we become a religion, then we don't have to pay taxes, and we there's so many benefits. We don't have to pay taxes now. We don't make any money. Well, this is true. And if they're donations, we don't have to declare. The donations it. actually we do kind of pay taxes on, but don't really? worry about that. I have a Jewish accountant, me. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. <laughs> oh man, um, that's good, Bruce. You've been. What have you been? Doing? I've been busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking. Now you've there. said that before. You got to come up with something new. I've been one busier than a one-arm wallpaper hanger. That was better. <laughs> that was pretty good out of nowhere. Like you pulled that out of your ass. Like, I've been watching it out of my ass. Right. Unfortunately, it's not very pleasant. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I've had a lot of firsts this week, uh, you know, uh, and a lot of and a lot of seconds and thirds, but uh, and mostly just participant awards. But um, the first was I did a showcase, a big showcase at the Hotel Cafe where I did a one. I just got up and did comedy. I played and did comedy. Now I'll stop you there because just. For the listeners, you your friend actually was there. Did he mention it? Who? The guy you the guy you uh, play with today at rehearsal was there when Jeff. I did my show. I don't think Jeff 
associated me with it. you yet. Oh. I didn't talk about you yet. Oh, okay. Well, I, I avoided the whole Because topic. I play with Danny, too. Yeah. And yeah. he but did. I was we gonna, played together. I was going to say to our listeners that are familiar with Los Angeles, there's a, a, there's a venue in Los Angeles called the Hotel Cafe. It's very, it's kind of a, I, would, I don't want to use the word hip, but it's kind of a, a it's place like, for... It's the new troubadour. It's like a showcase. Kind venue. of showcase. A lot of great artists play there, a lot of singer-songwriters. It's yeah. a great venue and a lot of, I think, a lot of industry in that go there. It's, it's, yeah. it's a great place to play and you have to kind of prove yourself to play there and all that kind of stuff. Blah, right, blah, blah. and there was a big showcase event and I just happened to be playing with one of the singers that was at it and the guy who ran it asked me to do a 15-minute set. Right, and I warned him. I said, "Well, I'm going to say some bad words, you know, and I'm just going to do whatever I want." And they were cool with that. He says, "Just do it, yeah, sure." Awesome. So I got up and I sang silly songs and told weird jokes, and then a friend of mine, a guy named Gerald Clayton, who's one of the world's greatest jazz pianists alive, just happened to be there, and so I invited him up and we played a little impromptu song in the middle of it all. It was just it was sort of jazz improv. Comedy, comedy theater i love it and i had a great time and it's it's i just loved it and it and it went over pretty good although i mean everybody's so young there i felt like i the, even the first thing i said was i feel like a babysitter <laughs> <laughs> felt like i was babysitting everybody you know so, they're also it must be young. that must be i get that feeling because i know when i've you go to a club or something yeah. now they're all 18-year-olds or right. whatever, and it feels really well, weird. Well, they're but all 18 to 30, yeah. and I'm, but I'm a little older than you, Troy. Yeah, no, well, you Thank you for true. not noticing. <laughs> but that must, there must be some, uh, that must feel good in a way, too, that you're like, oh, look at all these young people. I didn't find a girl that was attracted to older men, if that's the oh, question. Really? Okay, it didn't work for you. Then I didn't have any of that, right. or she didn't find me, but it literally, to get across the room took 20 minutes. It was so packed. Wow. And it was great, and I did okay, and they all loved it. They said, you know, they could have been lying, but, you know, I mean, I had a great time doing it. It's, it's, it's like, you know, I'll, something I've always wanted to do, and I've done it, and I'd like to do more, but I've done it, so kicked that off the bucket list. Okay. And now, I know you performed this, but do you have a recording of Mr. Soundman that we could put on the show? No, I don't want to put it on the show. People got to go hear me do it live. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a live guy. Anyways, but, uh, no. I did do that at the show, um, right. sort of a standard now. And I did the red guitar. The red guitar is going real good. I'm doing the Hollywood Fringe Festival in yep. uh, in June. I got a show and a couple shows in May, and uh, I'm I'm going along pretty good. And there's another thing I cracked this the, week. The hold gig. on, hold on. What? Help the, me out. The gig that you got called. Oh, for. I got called for a singing gig. That's right. <laughs> I got called, somebody called me because I got referred to sing a tune at a wedding. This is amazing. This is so unbelievably stupid and great. This guy <laughs> called me and, and because of the thing, he, he had written a tune and he's been singing it to his kids since she was a little girl. And now that she's getting married, he wants it to be the song that's done on their first dance. It's really beautiful. Right. And he called me, somehow got my number because somebody thought I was a singer who's this woman, is a really good singer. And she wrote, call Bruce Foreman, he's a great guitar player and singer. But she forgot to put the comma in. You know, great guitar oh, player, comma, right. and singer. Uh -huh. right. And so it gave the impression that I could do both well. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And so uh, the guy called me, and I was commas I, are important. I was I was totally honest. Yeah, commas can be very important. So can colons, but uh, that's another thing because I'm probably going to shit the bed on this gig, anyways. But uh, so I had to tell the guy, look, man, I kind of sing comedy songs, and I'm a quirky singer. I'm sort of like Tom Waits without the negative side of it, and. Uh, and he said, uh, you know, I can hear you. You'll be okay. You know, if I would have probably sang it myself if I could. You're much, I'm sure you're better than me. So, yeah. And, and I'm making, to sing one song, I am making so much money. I love it. It's just ridiculous. It's, I love it. I, so much so that I said I'd throw in a set of solo guitar for his wedding party. Just because <laughs> I felt guilty making that much money to sing. You know, I say this taking up. This is going to be a thing where you're just going to be... An entertainer. Yeah. That's what I want to be. You know, I still think jazz can be entertaining. And I want to be the guy it, I want to be the guy that's that gateway drug to jazz. <laughs> you know, hey, this is fun. I'll try jazz, you know, and then I'll let everybody else ruin it for him. But <laughs> uh, John Sir is texting me right now. John saying that he really loves the podcast and I'm asking him when oh, I'd do love you, to have him on. When do you want me on the show and i'm saying hopefully before i leave on may 19th we would let's love do it. to have let's you do it. So are I you say. guys available before may 19th yes. yes i am okay so i'm gonna try to um, get him before may 19th uh well i'll tell you what when we leave tonight let's set up the next thing and let's see if we can get him that'd okay? be great i want to tell that'd him that'd be really really fun to have john on that'd the show so but back great. to talking about me oh never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta sing you're not just a guitarist anymore you are a vocalist no, yeah, but you know, actually, my wife, like, literally, the first time that happened, because it actually has happened before, I, was, I do these vocal jazz festivals where I'm an accompanist, and then I end up getting thrown in to kind of be the MC or entertainer dude, and I tell jokes, and I, I, like, I like to do comedy. And so I know most people listening are waiting for me to be funny, but... Uh, <laughs> I've been waiting for that for a long time. 68 <laughs> sessions in, I mean... But, 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 hey, let's be funny. <laughs> no, no, but here's the deal. You guys ain't paying enough for me to be funny. <laughs> There's no pay at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. He's, I'm saving this for the paying customers. You he's know? holding out. And now, now he's he too big for out. us podcast people. Yeah. He's doing <laughs> wedding gigs, yeah. turning up, doing one song, one vocal song, and then on his way. Hey, he'll remember us on the way down. Really, right? Down. It's hey. like Lady Gaga, man. Hey, man, I scratched and clawed my way to the bottom. I plan to stay here for a while. Uh, but um, anyways, back to whatever the fuck we were talking about. Uh, what were we talking about? Being Bruce funny or something. I don't know. I just thought that, you know, whatever. Well, if people don't know, and if they haven't seen your show, The Red Guitar, and your, your solo performance, I, I love Mr. Sound, man. Yeah. I love, um, is it Twin? No. Tinder. Tinder. Your song That's not Tinder. in the show, though. But oh, but you do do that song. I do do all over that song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's the um, What's the other funny song? Oh, I've song? got lots of other songs. Yeah. The I've Penis Song? Got the Penis Song. A, you've got to be cocky to do that song. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. You have a lot of balls to do yeah. that. You have to yeah. be a real prick to do that. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Hey, I've always feel shafted at after hearing yeah, that yeah. song. You have to make a stiff proposition to get me to do that. <laughs> You're such a knob. <laughs> you can call me Johnson, and you can call me Peter. 
I know every listener right now is trying to come up with the yeah, next Yeah, I know, one, I know. The next okay, the, okay the, the best reference in regards to this, uh, along with a $100 donation, will win a set of strings, the new kind of strings I'm using, which I'm not even going to talk about. Oh, the Darius? Yeah, the new kind of special ones. They're so good they even come with a sticker. Oh, damn. Wow. Well, actually, bumper sticker. David Daria used to do that all the time. Back yeah, in the but day. these new ones are like they're oh. like leather veneer packaging and shit. Wow, mm. they you, you they string themselves, <laughs> and you won't bleed this time when you oh. put these on. Okay. No blood. No blood. <laughs> Bloodless string chains. <laughs> well, I um, I've been playing with Scott's Badger Sir Amp. Mm-hmm. You mean Sir Badger? <laughs> Sir Badger, Badger. Sir. Badger's the company. Serves the like, well. The uh, badger. I look at that and it just looks like a little badger. It's so cute. Badger's the model. Did you like yeah. it? I did like it a lot. I mean, you know, I've been playing a lot of. I'm trying to play as many different amps as possible at the moment before I make a decision on what I want to buy. And the Badger, I got to say, it, I love the size of it. It's a nice little head. Uh, it sounds. It sounds awesome. And it's the 18 watt, right? That's the small one, yeah. yeah. And the 35 one sounds exactly like it, but yeah, just, louder, just louder, a lot louder. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds great. I, I love it. It's I a, think it sounds it's really good. Great tones, great versatility. It's a, it's a really beautiful amp. And the DB4 from Dr. Z, and I'm going to do an interview with Dr. Z this week via Skype. Because I want to talk to this guy and, and talk to these amp guys that aren't in town and we can't get on the show. But... Um, an amazing amp as well. I mean, they sound, all these amps sound great. It's really what amp speaks to you, I guess. But um, that thing is loud The as Dr. Shit. Z amp doesn't look like it has a lot of it's a, options on, it's, what is it, just bass, treble, and no, volume? No, it's, it's tone, not. right? It's frequencies. It's, yeah, it's like a tone thing. It's, it's loud as shit for the, I forget what it is. I think it's. I don't want to say what it is in case I get it wrong. I think it's 35. Mm-hmm. But um, loud as hell and it, it rocks. It's a great sounding amp. I, I want to tr- check out some of their other amps and I really want to check out the, um, the Bogner um, Goldfinger Phi. Phi? Phi? P-H-I, they call it? I don't know. Anyway, so we're going to try and get um, Reinhold on the show. Because he'd be a fun guy to talk to. To have John Sir and Reinhold, would, these cats are super interesting to me. The, the way they think and how they come up with their products. And, and all their products are so great. And it's really just what your taste is. And yeah, so, um, you know, there you go. So I've been checking out a lot of gear. And, but yeah, the Badger is a, it's a really great amp. I'd, I'd love to have one. In my arsenal, which is only of two amps right now. <laughs> my arsenal of amps. So there you go. Scott, um, so you're going to Europe mm-hmm. and you're writing. Well, I'm done writing now. I'm, now I'm practicing. Now you're practicing. I'm, my chops are way up. I'm like, you know, like I've been practicing like. 12 hours a day oh, for the last two weeks. Really? That's all I do. What time yeah. you start in the morning? Seven in the morning I start. I practice till about nine at night. Take a break for breakfast. Take a break for lunch. That's all I do. This is why you fuckers are so good. It's, you well, really... I mean, are... I spent... Think about it. I spent almost three months 
away not even touching my guitar. It was just writing. I mean, I'm touching my guitar. Right. But I'm not playing. I'm writing. And that is in no way helpful to your chops. Right. So, or improvising, because this is just another whole thing. So, so I felt like just to get the chops I had back, it took me like a long time. And now finally, like, I feel like I'm back. You know, walk us until the next time I have to start writing again, and then I'll lose it again. Walk us <laughs> through that process of how you approach the the day. Like you get up in the morning. What what does Scott and I wanted the same question to Bruce. What do you guys go through, Scott? What what's your routine? You get up, you have coffee, you sit down and pick yeah, up the guitar. That's what, it. It's and not much to it, really. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. That's you just it. get good. No, but yeah. what what do you when you pick up the guitar? Like in the last few weeks whatever you've been doing all these long hours what has been well the hardest part is i have to learn all this music i wrote right that's the hardest part so the it's playing is pretty easy i mean it's going to take me like a week or so to get my chops back up to play and solo and stuff right. but these tunes that i wrote have their own chord progressions which obviously i need to solo over a lot because i'm going to be playing these tunes on the road yeah and i don't want to suck when i solo so i'm <laughs> so i'm you know, I have to practice soloing over the chord progressions that I wrote. But the hardest part is teaching your hands to do stuff that they've never done before. Because when I'm writing, I'm punching in chords, maybe two chords or one chord at a time. Right. When I'm working on the composition and realizing, shit, you're going to have to actually play this from point, you know, from the very beginning to the end without stopping. Yeah. And a lot of the moves that I have written, I'm, I've never done them before. So my hand has to... Go from, in fact, a lot of the voicings I've never even played before. So there are specialty you, voicings for that song. When you you're know, writing these tunes, like you, you're, you're very meticulous about making sure that you are really trying to come up with something you've never done before. And that's. Well, I don't know if I can do that, but. I'm, I mean, that's what you're going for, right? It seems to be. Well, it's, it's, it depends on which way you're talking about never gone before because of course i'm using beats that i've used before right and i'm used using style of chords that i've used before but you're saying you're putting your hands and, in new places and well stuff. it's not so much that i mean i have definitely created some new voicings that i've never played before and probably never will again because they're there's there's what i call specialty chords mm. they only fit the tune right doubtful if I'll ever play them outside of the context of that tune. Yeah. You know, yeah. but but I had to learn to play them. But even harder is if you take, say, like two chords that you normally know, right? But they're not that easy to grab. You know, everybody has those chords that are a little bit hard to grab. Yeah. And when, when you've got one chord that's hard to grab and it comes right after another chord that's just as hard to grab and you have to play them both at the same right one after another you have to train your hand to move in a certain way and it's hard because yeah. your fingers just don't want to do it like i have this one chord and it kills me every time because it's too close to another chord that i always play right and it's just one finger string different <laughs> Right? right? And every single time I want to play that chord that I'm very familiar with, but I've got to make sure that I don't. And, you know, that kind of stuff. Just yeah. moving your hands and making your hands do things they've never done before. And that's so, a big part of why I have to practice so hard to get this shit right. Now, when when you pick up the guitar, the first thing you pick up the guitar, do you, do you run a bunch of exercises no, or do you get into it? I just get right into get it. it. So you, you start the with songs. the tune, right? I've, I wrote start this tune, right I'm jumping straight in. Yeah. And I do something that I learned from my wife. Um, um, He's a classical you, pianist. Yeah, he's a classical pianist. If you run across a section that you just 
screw up every time, then you have to just take that section and just do it again and again and again. Like, you know, go from one chord to that other chord that's giving you trouble and do it like a hundred times. Yeah. Until yeah. you just can't fuck it up. Yeah. And then hopefully the next time you play the whole song through, you won't. Right. So that, you know, that's it. Nothing, nothing really groundbreaking, just hard work. Right. You know, when I, when I see sometimes, one of the things that, that always kills me about Phil, when I see Phil DeGry play, his hand looks like, it looks like an alien's hand. You know what I mean? Because, you know, normal, normal, anytime I see any guitar player play, Bruce, Mike Landau, any, anybody good, they always make it look effortless. You know, like you're moving your hand and, and yeah, the stuff you're doing is hard, but it looks natural. I don't see that when I see Phil play. I see his hand like in this position and a millisecond later, it's in this position. And then another millisecond later, it's in this position. Yeah. And his hand is just, I mean, it's just moving all over the place like an alien's hand. Like right. there's, it's inhuman. Yeah. And I'm going, how the fuck? Can he move his hands so drastically into all these new positions and still play perfectly? Yeah. And all the notes ring beautifully and everything. And I got and I, I me and Bruce just both say this guy must have a lot of time on his hands <laughs> just to be able to play <laughs> the shit he plays. It's just insane. Well, when you know? when you when you're practicing and you, you you run the tune, do you do you set it? Like, how do you know when you're like, all right, I've got this, I'm moving on? Like, at what point do you know? When I can play all the way through it without fucking it up. Is it just one time or do you... No, like... no, no. Right. Because no, that's just by... I mean, if, I, if you can... That's luck, yeah. 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 I mean, you got to be able to play it 10 times and not ever make a mistake. And then the, the whole reason is that to take these tunes out on the road and start being creative with them and trying things and try to trying to change the rhythms. I mean, I doubt if I can really do much to change the voicings because the voicings are sort of part of the melody right. that support the melody. But I can change the rhythms. And once I know the tune really good and I have it under my fingers, I can mess around rhythmically and create some different stuff. And hopefully the tune will grow. And by the time I'm ready to record it, it'll be something cool. Yeah. Right yeah. now, they're babies. Right. They're like little babies. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm lucky just to play them as written yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. But I hope that's not true. By the end of the tour, hopefully I'll be playing some cool shit and I will, you know, have like, they will have matured. Yeah. As, as we go. Yeah. That's the, that's the point. Then you won't be sick of them. The, yeah, then I'll be sick of them. Yeah, by the time I'm recording, I'll be totally sick of them. No, no, hopefully you won't be sick of them. <laughs> yeah, hopefully what a, not. What about you, Bruce? Like, when you get up in the morning, is, is it coffee, grab the guitar, and just well, start doing First thing I do is I check my pulse. <laughs> <laughs>
Smart. Well, how did I? I don't know because it would because it would save a whole lot of time. You know what I mean? Like you I'm know, just, maybe yeah. the pulse ain't there. What the fuck am I? I'm just wondering where you're checking the pulse, but maybe I should not. You know, I usually do pee first before I do anything else. I mean, that's important. He's an old you man. Know. He pees all night. Yeah. You know, unless I pee in the bed, and then I don't need to. You know, but. it's like uh, the missus is gonna have to deal with that one. <laughs> So, no, you know, I mean, I, what do you mean? I, what do I do? What do you do? What's the routine? Because I don't, I don't really have, I mean, I get up, take my pills, wait for them to kick in. <laughs> but it's project oriented, right? I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, whatever I've got to yeah. do, I do. I mean, yeah. I wake up in the morning. I, if I have the luxury of uh, having some coffee and maybe reading a newspaper or something, you know, give myself some time to ease into the day, I do it. But oftentimes I have to jump up and head off to a rehearsal or head off to an airplane right. or head off to teaching. Yeah. So uh, I, I kind of let life, I mean, and, and, and I don't really want to develop a routine because right. jazz means making shit up. So kind of needing a routine kind of creates a sort of, lack of spontaneity and flexibility that is, I think, uh, you know, paradoxical with the whole philosophy of jazz. Right. But, I mean, I do what, it, mostly I do what I have to do, and then when I get to do what I want to do, then I, I wake up and I kind of get my wits about me, and then I pick up the guitar and I start playing and I work on stuff, and it depends on if I have to prepare for something coming up. I practice for that. If I'm writing, if I have a new idea, I write some. I, I play. I work on. I'll just pick a tune. And I, I mean, I believe personally that in the in the uh, in the practice realm, you need to play solo as much as practice. What do you mean? Because well, practicing, you know, you have a specific thing in mind and you work it out so you get it down good. You yeah. know, that's what what I think practicing is whether it's a piece of vocabulary, whether it's a scale or a technical exercise or a song or a new voice. But then there's, like, what I do is improvise when I play on a gig. Yeah. So to put myself to pick a song and just go through it and play it as if I'm playing a solo concert somewhere and, like, take the tune through various tempos and keys and twist it around and reharmonize it as I go in real time with all the with all the normal structure of music making, you know, like you don't stop. You, 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 tone production's important and continuity of ideas and context of ideas and following things. And then if maybe in the middle of it, I'll really come up on something great and I didn't quite get it, I'll stop and I'll work it out then, you know what I mean? Because I do have that luxury because I'm by myself and I'm yeah. not performing. But just generally exploring and discovering and opening my ears up and challenging myself to go new places, you know, preparing for the gig, yeah. preparing to get better. And and so it's sort of like a, it's an open thing. But then again, like I say, if, if, if I were Scott and I had a tour coming up and I had these dozen tunes that I wanted to do on this tour and I needed to really work them up, that's of course what I'd be spending my time right. on. If I had a record date coming up and I had some hard shit I had to play, I'd be spending a ton of time working on that because that's just what we do. Yeah. I mean, some people they ask, "What do you do when you practice?" And when they ask that, it's sort of like it's like they don't know what a they don't have a project, so they don't kind of get it. Mm. Like like if you don't have a project, 
I'm not even sure if I'd ever practice if I didn't have projects. I'd probably just watch TV. <laughs> but but the projects are what makes you, it's fear. <laughs> you, you have a project coming up. Yeah, you but, have something but, to do coming but just up. To you sit don't want to play on it. But so just you to have sit to, and play. Yeah. I mean, just to sit and play the guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, um, one, I mean, now granted, Scott's got a, a Scott's a, a god. You know, Scott's got a band. Scott's got a thing. He's he's very purposeful in what he brings to the world. Meticulous, yeah. No, no, and just like musically what he's delivering. Yeah. A guy like me, while I have my own thing, I also have lots of things I do. Yeah. You know, one day I'm backing up a singer duo. The next day I'm in a quartet where I'm the lead guy. The next day I'm the I'm the comper guy in a quartet where there's a lead voice. The next, you know what I mean? The next day it's my junkyard duo where it's just me and a drummer. I mean, so it's like, for my needs, I need to kind of always be working on the guitar as an orchestra. So that when whatever situation I walk into, I can do everything. But if, well, if I got a bass player, well, I don't need to play any bass. Okay, cool. And I got a drummer, so my, my time playing is not really rhythmic, you know, foundation. It's more like rhythmic accompaniment, mm-hmm. you know, or, wow, I need to be the melody guy because there's, I'm the melody guy now. You know what I mean? Whereas when I sit and practice, I do all that shit at once. Yeah, yeah. And I develop all that. It's like I'm the full orchestra. And then I, it's like almost like when I go to play, it, it's a, it's a, it's an experience of omission. I don't need to be the bass player so I can lay off of that. You know, I don't need, or I don't, I need, you know, I need to do this so I better do, you know what I mean? Yeah, but my, yeah. my taste is telling me this is the right thing to do now. And all of these elements are totally comfortable to me. Yeah. And so I just sort of do what musically seems to be called for in the moment. So my practicing has to sort of support everything because I don't really know what the thing is going to be when I go to, unless, unless, like we say, it's a project-oriented thing where if it's my record, I know exactly what, you know what I mean, where my yeah. place is, or, or if it's my one-man show, well, of course, then I am the orchestra because I'm playing all the parts of music. Now, something that, and I know you guys have touched on this as well, and I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm massively guilty of this myself, growing up as a guitarist and looking at guys like yourself, looking up to you guys as players and as a student, always asking people like yourselves, what's the secret? What do you guys do that makes you guys great? Drugs. <laughs> and it's just fucking hard work. It's hours and hours of work. It's spending time on your instrument, obviously practicing and doing the right thing. But, I mean, Bruce, the reason why you're so good at what you do, you are constantly playing gigs. You're constantly bouncing around from, like you just said, backing a singer up playing with a trio, playing solo, you're, you're always on your guitar. And then Scott, hearing what you do, you know, like I just pulled nine hours, I'm pulling 12 hours, I'm, I'm doing it that much. That's how good, that's what you need to do to get this good on the guitar. I right? think it's what you need to do just to accomplish anything. Right. I mean, you know, Ugh. nobody, it's not magic. I mean, it's just hard work. Yeah. It's all it is. It's just... But I think so, we so many people think that there's I mean I don't have any natural talent. I was born with natural talent right. at all. And But why and, do you think you stand out? I mean cuz there's a million guitarists out there. Why do you think you stand out? Hard work. 
Right. I don't but, even know if I stand out. I'm just saying that I worked really hard. Like I remember when I was a kid, I couldn't even pat my foot and play quarter notes. Right. I just taught a guy yesterday at school or Tuesday at school who actually, you know, he said he's having a problem with his time. And I said, well, let's let's sit you down. I need you to, to play something. Right. And of course, he couldn't play at all. And so I set him down and I first I made him tap his foot to the music. And he had a hard time doing that. And I said, do you hear the beat in the song? And he listened and he said, yeah, I hear it. And, and he started tapping his foot right along with the music in perfect time. And I said, good, that's the first step. Then I said, now, can you play quarter notes on your guitar at the same time as your foot goes down and keep in time with the music? And he could do that perfectly. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's good. That tells me you've got good time. So it's not a problem with your time. It's a problem of your conception of time. Uh, you just start, you're not thinking about it. You're concentrating too much on playing and not enough on your time. Mm -hmm. Let's see if you can play, um, you know, on the upbeats. So you tap your foot, you're going to go, uh, 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 uh. And he could do that perfect when I did it with him. And then he started being able to do it by himself. Then I started just thinking of some rhythms like, bo, da, da, ba, bo, ba, do, ba, da, ba, 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 da, ba, ba. And he couldn't do it at all, but we slowed it down. And he could do it. Mm -hmm. And we gradually sped it up. And he got it. Right. And all of a sudden, you got a musician in the room instead of an idiot. <laughs> right. right? So, so. And then he came now, to my clinic the next day and <laughs> really got good. So, so, what I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that when I was his age, and start starting out on the guitar, I couldn't do it either. Yeah, I couldn't play rhythms in time and tap my foot. I couldn't, so I didn't have the natural talent that some kids. They don't ever have to study that. They just have it. Hmm. At ten years old, boom, they can play things in time. They never had to practice rhythm. They never had to practice time. They just naturally had it. And I'm just the point I'm trying to make is is that I, I didn't. I had to work for every single thing that I got and learned. Over the years, I am not a natural musician. Mm -hmm. But, you know, eight, ten hours a day for 60 years, <laughs> I figure I ought to be able to play something by now. And he, amount, he finally amounts to something. Finally, <laughs> finally it pays Don't off. you love it when, when, 62. when family and that say, oh, geez, Scott, you yeah. know, he's just so talented at guitar. You know, he's just, he was the one with the talent in the family. Give me a break. That is so not true.
so not true. It's just work. Yeah. Just sitting there working. And and another thing about the project thing, and I know Bruce will agree with this, because even though Bruce is playing more different types of gigs than I am, I'm basically playing with my trio and we're touring and you know playing a set of music. Yeah. And Bruce has a far bigger repertoire of music than I do. But I would still guess or, or bet that when Bruce sits down to practice, he's thinking about, hmm, what's coming up? Hmm. And practicing more toward what's coming up. Right. You totally, know, totally. Because, yeah. because it's like, of course, yeah. you know, you got a gig, no matter what it is, and yeah. no matter how different it is from another gig that Bruce does, he's going to say, hmm, I got this duet thing coming up, and yeah, I'm going to practice on that, because yeah. that's coming up next yeah. week. Yeah. It's project-oriented practice, and you know, for students who don't have a project, then maybe they're going to wonder, what the hell should I practice? Because it's not like they don't have anything to practice for. Yeah. And, then, and the thing is, is they really should. They should be in a little band, and they should be getting a tune ready for maybe one of their performances at school. And, oh, i got to play Blue Bossa in front of my jury next week. I better practice the shit out of Blue Bossa. Mm, yeah. That's how they ought to be thinking. That's always you know, the way, and you got to book a gig before you get the band together. And that means learning the voicings and yeah. learning the melody and be able to play the melody nice and be able to have some nice voicings to play when you're comping and be able to solo through it and really get into the tune that you're going to be playing for, for people. Yeah. Because the more you get into a tune, and I know Bruce has said this a million times, the deeper you get to an into a tune, the more you learn for the next tune that you're going to get yeah. into. Yeah. It's tune-oriented practicing. You can't beat it, man. You just yeah. can't. Don't you think so, Bruce? Totally, I, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I'm done. Okay, there you go. That was my rant I wish I could. I wish I could disagree, but I can't. Fuck you, Donald <laughs> Trump. Fuck you, Apple. Uh-oh. And that's about it. Okay, now, you, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about politics. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. But, but it, it, it has been 100 days, and there's, there's just some factual shit that's been flying around, even on the, on the re respectable news places, that it's like people are living in an alternative universe. I just want to point out something, folks, that when, like, like now they're, I heard it on the radio, you know, the reason why Donald Trump won is because Hillary did this and Donald Trump did that. And I'm not saying I care about one or the other. The fact is, folks, Donald Trump did not win the election. Stop saying it. Stop fucking saying it. He didn't win. He won because of the Electoral College, which, yes, is a, a, a very old, gerrymandered, weird way of looking at things. Okay, but he didn't win the election. Matter of fact... He lost by a huge margin. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not saying Hillary ran a good campaign or Donald didn't run a good campaign or anything. All I do know is that if Hillary Clinton had had won the Electoral College but lost by three million votes, the Donald Trump fans, we'd be hearing every day about it. Come on. Sure, Every, they, would, they would be apoplectic. Yep. And for those of you who are Donald Trump fans, you may want to look up that word. <laughs> well, that's a bad word. Actually, the Hillary fans are going to want to look up that word too. It's a great word. Apoplectic. 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 Okay, so, but the deal is, it's like Donald Trump lost by more people than there are in the state of Wyoming. He lost by more people than there are in the state of Montana. He lost by more people than there are in the state of Alaska. 
Actually, he lost by more people in those three states combined. Yeah. So stop saying he won the election. He didn't. This isn't a democracy. This is some weird representative electoral college universe. And so, you know, I, I don't mind that he's the president. I, mean, I know he's the president. I, you no, know, you I mean, should mind. I know, well, no, the point is, is I recognize he is the president. And I'm not trying to say he's illegitimate or anything of that nature. I just hate when people like say, well, the reason why Hillary lost, Hillary did not lose. She's not president now, but she didn't really lose. So let's, if we, you know, talk, say what you want to say, your points are all valid, or at least say the reason why she lost the electoral college. But she didn't lose the election, and that's just the facts, folks. And if we can't, like, live in the same universe and acknowledge things, and we just start fucking blowing smoke out our ass, I mean, it's... You know, and again, I'm not being political. I just want to live in a real reality. Where the facts are. But well, he's the, the what, worst president the, after 100 days in history. Well, you know, again, that's subjective. Well, I would, I would totally agree oh, with that. I mean, but the, the, you know, the whole I mean, those, those, kinds, a mess. those kinds of things are subjective. Wait a minute. I mean, the country's in a mess. I mean, well, we're fighting your life with every ain't country. that much different than it was 100 days we're, ago. We're, we're close. We're, we are. Like, this nuclear war being thrown around with North Korea. I mean, the whole Russia thing is like, he's pissed off Mexico. He's pissed off Canada. He's pissed off Australia. I mean, it's a fucking Some people joke. think it's good. Some people think it's bad. It's your life ain't joke. that much different right now. No, allies aren't. But long term, what, what the effects and, will and be. And you may be right and you may be wrong. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just I mean, let's deal with fa certain facts. I mean, opinions are great. Facts are, <laughs> facts like are different. Yeah. You're right. You're totally right. And she won the election. And I'm tired of hearing how the reason he won was he didn't win. No. He did win the Electoral College. It okay. Like so so if, you're, if you're, the reason he won was we have these weird states where some states get more value than other states. And because of the way the boundaries are, you can get less votes and still win. If that's the sentence, then that's correct. Yeah. Any other sentence with him winning is incorrect. Well, you know what? I mean, honestly, I'm not even really that interested in who cares why he won or it doesn't make any difference. The point is, is what he's doing now to fuck up our country. Okay, well, that, that's, that's another, that's, that's, a, that's politics. <laughs> that's, what, that's what's important. And he's doing a lot of shit to fuck up our country. Well, he's, he, there's no facts that comes out of his mouth. No, well, first of all, yeah, yeah, he's a completely a pathological liar, and he's a douchebag and an asswipe, and everything there is that. that but other than that, know, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, but you know, I mean, yeah, he's a pretty good golfer. I, I just, I just have a feeling, and I, and I do have this feeling, and I, I don't. It comes from partly the news and partly just a gut feeling. I do believe there's a lot of Trump supporters who are sorry they voted for him now. Who have changed their mind? God, I'd hope so. Um, I think they've a lot of people have changed their mind and said these are the more. I'm not talking about racist hillbillies. No, that, I'm talking about intelligent people. That the reason they voted for Trump is because they really didn't trust Hillary and thought that she was totally corrupt. So they thought they were voting for the less of the two evils. And now that Trump has been in the White House for a hundred days, I think they're looking at everything he's done and not done, and they're going, hmm. I think I probably made a bad decision here. Yeah. I, I think. I hope so. But we'll um, see. You know, we'll see. I mean, what okay, enough politics. Enough politics. Yeah. I, would, I would like just to say the real facts. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I just don't want to talk about it. But this, 
it's again, it's like me saying, you know, an L5 is a solid body guitar. It's not. It's a hollow body guitar. It you is know. if you imagine it. Well, is. you know what? And if, <laughs> <laughs> if you fill it full of cement. <laughs> yeah, and if, <laughs> if, we didn't, if we didn't pull you up on that, we'd be just like the media now. Mm. They don't pull him up on anything. I feel like I need to get some balls. But anyway, hey, I wonder, so that uh, is political. Okay, here's the question. If anybody can answer it, they win, they win the prize. What's the prize? How much would an L5 weigh if you filled it with cement? You know, and get, dropped it off a rooftop. No, just how much would it weigh? That's enough. You know, there's going to be some smart fucker who will know that out there, and it's none of us. I just like to see him doing it. Yeah, it'd be great. Just watching him pour it in. The present will be worth great. it. And what would it sound like after? Like, would it improve the tone? It would sound like a strat or a Les Paul. Yeah. Like, Let's. I'm gonna give. We're gonna. We're gonna get to the emails now. Yeah, really good sounding guitar. I can tell you that. Oh, Les Paul sounds great. Right? You know what? Your sound is very concrete. Yeah, yeah. Really concrete. You got a, such a solid sound. Um, all right, I'm gonna give some points to Bruce right now. Well, actually, Daniel Zimmerman. Do you know Daniel? I know Daniel Zimmerman. Yeah, oh, they're fucking. I feel like it's a ring in if you know him. Yeah. So don't. Do you want to? But he's a nice guy. No, no, I'm gonna give. Maybe Daniel, we'll get a donation. Daniel wants to out give you points. He's like, he said, "Hey guys, Bruce, Bruce's rants about making gigs happen in your own town really inspired me. I got some jazz gigs happening by walking into places cold and asking. Fantastic, Daniel. Good. And um, I even <laughs> he even asked the manager at the local grocery store. This is how hard up jazz guitarists are for gigs. They're going to the grocery store. No, this is great. But this, but this is, is where fantastic. we need to bring awesome, the music. Man. No joke, he said, and Why he not? said. The guy said no, but that is not the point. The point is that when you start getting creative, there are a lot of places out there to play and uh, that you wouldn't think of. So thanks, Bruce. And you are Bruce. Like you're a big, you're a big pusher of that. And no, I think- no. I, I okay. I want to. I want to put a thing out. Like, why do we have only gigs at night? Is well, it because we're so fucking ugly that no one wants to see us during the day? Maybe, or it could be because, you know, we're too hungover from the night before to play. Okay, the they, or is it because we think that the other people are too busy to yeah. listen to us? But, like, dude, go to a restaurant. Lunches are packed. Well, dude, go to a coffee shop. There's lines out the door for yeah. coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. Why, the, why the hell aren't bands, or at least solo and duo, People playing at these places. Well, if you check out the South Park Finger Bang episode, <laughs> <laughs> if you check out Finger that's a great bang, segue South right there. Park, uh-huh. Check out this Finger Bang we got going on. Finger Bang got a gig at their local mall. <laughs> really? Remember, they went. And got, I did They went it. and talked to the mall guy, and they ended up getting a, a job at the mall. That was the band's their name. Show, Finger Bang. Yeah, they were a boy band. <laughs> And uh, I remember that was a really great when Kenny got killed by the elevator that came yeah. down and squashed him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a really good episode. But you know, really, I mean, uh, I'm just saying, <clears throat> guys, let's think out of the box. I've got my junkyard duo. We, you know, we're going to be in the junkyard playing when you all get there to meet us because we're all going to end up there. So we're already there, set up, ready to play, so you can join in. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Well, here's that's another great, one. man. That's a great. Thing he did. That is man. good. Th- good. Thanks, Daniel, for sharing yeah, that, man. That's it's like really awesome. Because that inspires all of us, you know. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's easy to get stuck in your bedroom or your apartment or your house or family life and all that shit, and think, oh, I can't do that. I haven't got time. But if you just think out of the box and just go for it, sometimes doors will open and shit will happen. 
So um, really good. <laughs> this is from Hank. And uh, Hank wanted to say he's a big listener. He's listened to all 67, 67 wow. episodes. Wow. God, he deserves a Good medal. on you, Hank. What a legend. And Poor he guy's just probably said, in an insane asylum right He now. said, um, he's got a question here. So have any of you been influenced by or ever interacted with How rude. Oh, I thought that was this. Oh, well, who is it? Uh, Jesus uh, Christ. This right? Is... It's all happening. That was that was Trump. Oh. He calls me. And you turned him down. <laughs> he calls me because I, I don't watch Oh, because you're, you're a caddy at Mar-a-Lago now, aren't you? Tell the truth. <laughs> Everybody likes Australian caddies, you caddy. know what I mean? I'm a caddy at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, man. Can you imagine being that guy's caddy? Uh, all right, my microphone fell off. Sorry for that. You know when you guys play with your microphones, the l the listeners all hear that. You know oh, that, right? I don't to play do with that. my microphone. Right. Oh, well, I trying not sometimes to do that. I do. I'm trying to stop it too. Unless um, that, unless that was code for like your penis. <laughs> do you know, play with they your hear penis that and, too. They hear that. They hear hear it all. <laughs> um, so, any of you guys been influenced or ever interacted with Eric Johnson, John Jorgensen, Frank Viganola? Is it Vignola? Viganola? Viganola, yeah. Not even close. Uh, Chet, Tommy, Leo, Richard Smith, etc. Any guys worked with any of those cats? Mm -mm. Or I don't know the last guys because they only gave the first name, so I don't well, know who Chet, they are. Well, Chet Atkins, I imagine. Right. Tommy Emmanuel. Uh-huh. Leo... Kotke. Is it Leo Kotke? Yeah. I've listened to some of those guys, Richard but I Smith. haven't ever worked with them. Richard Smith is the guitarist. I know Richard Smith. You know Richard? I, well, we I, know Richard because he teaches with no, us. No, 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 it's a different Richard no, Smith. No, different, different Richard I mean, Smith. I mean, for, okay, from the grouping here, I'm assuming it's Nashville, Richard Smith, not L.A. Is that Richard the guy Smith. that wears that, he wears that funny hat all the time? No, no, not always. No, Richard Smith's a badass finger style. Yeah, he did the, I believe he did the soundtrack, and check out this soundtrack, Grizzly Man. You've seen the, the movie Grizzly Man? Very the possibly. Documentary? No, he's, he's seriously badass amazing documentary about this kind of nutter guy that goes up into Alaska and works with the Grizzlies. Like oh, he's a and, fucking they, idiot. and they get wasted. And they, they end up eating him. Yeah. Which he, he kind of deserves. Well, I, I, um, my he, favorite guy out of that group is Tommy, Tommy Emmanuel, because I've seen him play live like five or six times yeah, and I too. really love his playing. And I love Chet Atkins, but I never got the opportunity to see him play. I would love to see him play, but I never, never did. But Tommy came to our school a number of times. And oh, he Tommy's was always, been to the MO? Oh, yeah, and he just blew what the doors monster, off. What a monster, man. Great player, man. Musical. Great guy. Incredible He's such chops. A, uh, great tone. Just uh, John know, Jorgensen. Really, really I love John I Jorgensen. I know John. You know John? Yeah. Oh, man, he's a badass. And I know Frank. Frank? I don't, I'm not familiar with Frank. I played with Frank with uh, Les Paul. Oh, wow. That, that gig yep. in New York. Um Eric Johnson. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I know Scott doesn't like Eric. Johnson. I opened up for I, I Eric Johnson like in a couple of games. Just not a big fan. I'm not a huge fan, but I don't dislike him. Yeah, no, I know you don't dislike him. You know, well, that's what he was asking. But he it's loves just, the show. Just, so, yeah, what I does he want to know? Like Influence by him? I like do we his, know him uh, and we work with him? What? Sorry, say again. Do we know them? Do we have we just been influenced? If you're inter influenced or interacted with any of these players. 
you know, how can you not be influenced? They're all great players. You check them out, you know, there's things, yeah, I mean, no, yes. <laughs> things, things you like, things you don't like. Yeah, right. I mean, like there are, Eric, there are but, I mean, like but I'll tell you, the guy's got great. Eric for any reason. It's just that I, I'm not crazy about his music. Yeah, that's but, fine. But, you know, he's he, he can play, man. No, yeah, I mean, Eric's every one player. of those, the guy's got great taste. He mentioned nothing but great players. Yeah. <clears throat> well, thanks, Hank. Hank. Good on yeah. you, Hank. Uh, yeah, I love Tommy. Hank's wanking. <laughs> Hank's wanking. I'd love to get Tommy on the show. I saw Tommy in Australia. Actually, we got to call him because he's coming from the Malibu Festival. Oh, he is. Can, do we have any pool with that this year? I can try it. We had Albert Lee last time. Well, and, now we and have no Lawrence one. Lawrence Juber. Did we do that good of a job that we have no one now? Well, they're not, uh, I talked to the radio station. They're not interested in it, so we have to go on our own. Oh, fuck them. <laughs> All right, I've got a shitload of questions. Okay. Um, let's see how many we can get through. I guess, uh, yeah, we could challenge Tommy to a guitar off. I'm sure he'd take it and win. You know, he'd love to do that. Tommy's just... Seems like a real competitive guy. I love guy. Tommy. I mean, he's... He seems every, like a real competitive guy, too. I like that about him. I'm sure he is, but just a... You know, we can just challenge him to some shit and let him win. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we could tie him up. Yeah. I think that might be more fun. Um, uh, yeah. Where was I? I was drinking wine. So that's what you I had said. questions. See how I did that? Challenge him to shit and let him win. That way, no matter what happens, you've already set it up. That was very... You've already won? That was some serious, like, uh, you know, when did you stop beating your wife kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Why is beyond your years. <laughs> All right, this is from Riley. Um, I've got to say a shout-out. And we always shout-out to Brett Garcid. Do we? Well, I feel like we do a lot, but I love is, Brett. Does he send a lot of shit to us? Well, he. I was reading out donations last week. Oh, yeah, by the way. And saying thank you to the donation people. The guy who gave us the idea to do that, I talked to him today. Yeah. And he says we should we should kind of mention the amounts because he's ready to throw down. He wants to be the biggest really? donor. Well, I think most of the people that have donated, it's like minimum five hundred bucks. Well, you know, he, we need. So he, no, he's, he's, he was serious. He wants to be the biggest donor. So no, we got to really okay. Yeah. Well, um, I can do that. But biggest stickers. I am biggest stickers. <laughs> Come here and fight like a man. <laughs> I was the biggest stickers on Guitar Week. Well, before you get to the questions, yeah, we should say something about Alan because you know Alan just passed away. Oh, fuck, I and, didn't. Yeah. You know, oh shoot! We're, you know, God, it's been a week. Gonna, I'm just, sorry. Yeah. Gonna, you know. And didn't want been... too much time to go by before we said something. Thank because, you, Scott. Thank you. Know, you know that's that's he was a, a, a tremendous influence on a lot of players, and he was one of the most original and really innovative guitarists of our century. Really, he really was. And, Crazy. And, yeah. um, and I said something on my message board. They they wanted me to kind of wax poetically about Alan's life and all that stuff, and. And I didn't really feel like it right now. And I don't feel like talking about it a lot right now because um, it's too soon to start. You know, like Alan, um, you know, was a great musician. In his personal life, there were some some problems, you mm -hmm. know, like everybody has. Yeah. But Alan's thing was kind of at times Jocko-esque. Right. And, you know, we all tell amusing stories about Jocko, but some time had to go by before it was funny. Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to say anything about tell any stories about you know Alan right now because it's a 
time everybody's grieving about it and stuff. But I do have some funny stories, and they were they will be funny. Yeah, you know, because yeah. Alan was hilarious, and and he did a lot of funny stuff, and and um, you know, but he was a super nice person and a, a a really good guy to hang with, and you know, like I say, I wasn't like really close friends with him. We probably played the longest game of phone tag in history. <laughs> <laughs> we were friends, but not. Close friends, right? Yeah. But we respected each other a lot, and yeah. we kept in touch. And and um, man, I'm just really sorry. Oh that he man, passed. it was such a such a blow. And we come so close. And oh, he would have been a, an interesting guy to have on the couch and just totally, talk to. Yeah, and totally, I was and so he would have been very comfortable doing it too. Ah, he just sounded yeah, like and yeah, he was a fun a, fun guy to talk to. Yeah, I was, I was bummed. I was really bummed. I and maybe obviously everyone was going back and probably listening to his stuff, but I went back because I went through my Alan Holdsworth trip in my early twenties, and I went back and listened to that shit, and it's just like, yeah, it's just another planet, man. Just yeah, man, another whole, planet. What whole a different player. kind of player. Like you can name almost any guitar player and hear their influences, but not Alan. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of he just kind of popped up with a totally new thing, and. Just that just doesn't happen very often when someone comes along and is just completely innovative. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, wow, it's a special. I, re- he's a I special really, musician. if he was on the couch, I really wanted to delve into like the the early years of him picking up the guitar. Like, uh, well, I think he picked up c- violin first. Did he? Yeah, he was a violinist right. before he was a guitarist, and and I think that's where the desire to be a legato player. And people right. were asking me on my message board. Were you influenced by Alan? Because Alan said something about me in an interview, and someone said, Scott sounds like he's a little bit influenced by you. And Alan was saying, no, that's not true. Scott sounds like Scott. But but I oh, was cool. saying that it is true. Because uh, when I first heard Alan, I had already been working on playing legato just because it's the only way I know how to play. I've always been a really terrible picker yeah. and uncoordinated picker so i've always it's always been ever since the first day i had a guitar if i could do a hammer on or a pull off i would do it instead of picking yeah and so that legato thing i was into that way before i even heard alan but what struck me about alan the first time i heard him was his tone yeah like that high gain kind of horn like sound and that's kind of a sound that i only had a blues sound and i was like how can i get my sound to be more sustainy so that I can, my legato stuff comes off better. So Alan was a big influence on me, tone-wise, yeah, to try yeah. to get that kind of fluidity in my playing and sound more like a horn. Yeah. Because Alan was really the very first guy to do it. The first. Wow. He's the first guitar player who really sounded like a horn player. Because even though there were earlier fusion guitar players like Larry Coriel and John McLaughlin, they picked every note. Mm-hmm. They did not sound like horn players. Alan was the first one. Wow. The first one who used a high gain tone to emulate a saxophone or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's why people stupidly compare him to Coltrane because Coltrane is synonymous with saxophone because Alan's style is absolutely nothing like Coltrane. Coltrane played from a completely different vocabulary with a completely different style, but they compare him to Coltrane because... They just think of Coltrane's right. saxophone. Saxophone. <laughs> yeah. So, but nevertheless, you know, he did really was the, he really was the first guy who did it. 
And wow. there's been all of us, you know, if it, I wouldn't be doing what I, a lot of what I do if it wasn't for Alan. Yeah. And, and, uh, how old? He was 70, right? 70? He was 72, I think. No, he was 70. 70. 70. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's, uh, yeah, man. Which is, you know, 490 in dog years. <laughs> so you can go and ask, buy Alan, and, and I, you know, as time goes by, uh, we will be talking about you in funny ways yeah. that aren't funny now, but... Well, we, like I said, the last podcast, I, I mentioned that we were going to go down to that gig. Yeah. We, we opted not to just because because Bruce couldn't make it. We wanted to, to be a guitar wank, and we really wanted Alan on the couch. Oh, no, it's my fault. No, no. I get it. Oh, blame it on the Jew. <laughs> you know, That's right. Blame, yeah. it on every, blame it for everything, so Fucking why not hell. this? No, but we wanted Alan on the couch, and we're talking to, who was I talking to with that Alvarez, the, the bar, the Matt. venue? Matt. Matt. And I was talking to Matt, and I guess Matt was passing it on to Alan, and Alan was down to do... To it would have been a horrible way. thing to do there. He has all his fans yeah, there. Yeah, no, we didn't Nothing would have happened that there. That just would have been kind of rude. Here and... would have been amazing. We would have had time with him. It would have been really special. But anyway, I guess it wasn't meant to be, but um, yeah. <laughs> He, got, he went. He went to the Jewish thing. That's awesome. <laughs> it was Bruce. great. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I can't believe he went there. He went racial straight away. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is that I mean, you try wandering around in the desert for a couple hundred years, then you talk about it. I I don't even know what I am, so I feel like I have no race to to be racial about. Like a stupid white man. <laughs> All right. All right, we're ready for your uh, questions, You notice I man. didn't talk about Alan. No one wants to hear about me. Uh, oh, no, you I was know. about to ask you about. What, like, Yeah, do you have anything to say? No. Nah. I, <laughs> no, but, but in, in the general sense of everything, of course, we lost a giant. A giant, a true innovator. A true innovator who changed a lot of music and changed a lot of lives and was an inspiration on all those levels. So that's a sad thing. I am glad that he was recognized for how great he was and had so many fans. I, uh, it kind of makes me want to be honest about the whole Facebook world. And I appreciate all you people who love him so much. Can we show our love from him for him in ways that, that are less about ourselves and more about the music and making the world and, and actually honoring his life in a way that creates positive things instead of sort of make, building these, these tributes that last for a week. I mean, the reason we didn't mention it, it's been a week now, mm. right? And, you know, it's like so much time has gone by and the Facebook flare-up was so goddamn big that none of us really processed it in a normal way it's all it's like 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 oh here's a picture of me with alan here's a picture of me with alan you know it's like oh this is me doing an alan thing you know and it's like it's this manic moment to to to, to almost i won't say what i'm thinking now but a manic moment to like pick at it you know instead of just like the natural it takes a while to grieve it takes a long time for it to kind of the, the true effect of Losing something so important to yourself. And the way you honor it is by making that thing live on through what you do in life. And, and the quality with which you do things. And it's, 
as great as Alan is, there's we lose every day. We lose great people like that, who maybe weren't as famous and maybe weren't as innovative, but had profound effects on human beings and the music. And we need to really stop getting into this like the hysteria of the moment and live the grieving process and honor it in a way that truly honors the life of 70 years yeah yeah you know and it's just like you know i mean whether it's your mother whether it's your music teacher whether it's your best friend whether it's your musical idol come on people let's not let's not live life on facebook let's touch touch the world in a way that honors the real thing that was created by these people. Yeah. That's just We I know you and in a personal way. And you'll and, and everybody will probably notice. I don't post those things on my site. I don't generally like those posts that other people make because I find it to be a just not a real way of feeling the grieving process and honoring something. To me, and and granted, you can call me old school, and I just don't get Facebook, or this is the new way, and I'm just here. I am not playing pedal, so what the fuck do I know, <laughs> you know? But uh, you know, I just I'm just trying to say there's a human side of this, you know. I mean, my mom died five months ago, four months ago, well, four, three, four, five months. I don't know, beginning of the year, and it's like I'm every day I'm still processing new things, and if I just want to blast it all out in the first in the first minute or the first week and then move on to the next one, it's like I'm not processing shit. You know, I'm not writing songs for this. I'm not finding the sounds that my soul needs to sing in order to keep that quality on earth. Yeah, yeah. And we all need to really remember that Alan gave us all the things he gave us and these we're always going to have them and we need them to be a part of us for those of us that were devotees of him and and even those of us who just recognize how great he was we need to remember that greatness and and be that greatness that's the grieving process and not just put pictures of us or cry about it in a in an empty echo chamber